0: On this Tuesday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, BJ Bennett, a lot to get to, a lot to tackle here on the program. Uh, so to speak, we'll hear from George Atkinson, Raiders legend, Super Bowl. Uh, BJ's making me do Roman numeral math, Super Bowl 11 uh, champion uh, with the, uh, the Raiders. <laughs> we'll talk to him uh, coming up in just a little bit. Also, Rich Styles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, uh, will join us as we are getting towards, I know we don't feel like it sometimes, we're getting closer towards springtime and uh, certainly the Players' Championship coming up next month, the Masters in April. He'll join us coming up in just a little bit. Also, Randy Taylor, SI.com, she'll join us. She has a column up talking about Matt Ryan v. Matt Stafford in the uh, Hall of Fame discussion, which is where we kind of start. Ben, you and I talked about this yesterday. BJ, you're back with us. Obviously, the questions out of the Super Bowl was, hey, Matt Ryan's got it or Matt Stafford's got a ring. Where does that put him in terms of the Hall of Fame Credentials. Uh, now that he has got that uh, Super Bowl championship now behind his name,
1: interesting because we were talking about this, you know, for for a couple of days leading up to the Super Bowl. What happens if Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl? What happens if he plays great? I don't know that he played great. I don't know that it was a that it was a you know dynamic performance all the way through. Now at the end, had the game-winning touchdown pass with what a minute and, and some change left at uh, Cooper Cup. So you did have the late. A game-winning touchdown pass. I, I, I. He, he's not there yet. Uh, I, I, I. Definitely agree with that. But I do wonder if he's on a trajectory to potentially get to that point. And, and Ben, I don't know for a guy that's what thirty-three years old, how you uh, anticipate what's, what's coming down the line. You know, could he play three or four more years? Could he play? Uh, five or six more years? Are we talking about one more elite year? It, it's really hard to say. You know, guys have different kind of uh, finishes to their career, if you want to call it that. But I, I know something you and I have gone back and forth on uh, where, and it's very fair to ask, has has Matt Ryan, uh, or excuse me, I'm thinking about Matt, has, has Matt Stafford been one of the top, you know, first reference quarterbacks during his career? And when you play in an era with Brady, when you play in an era with Peyton, when you play in an era with Rodgers, when you play with, you know, uh, just countless great quarterbacks, I mean, you're not going to be a first reference name. I think that is very fair. But I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this because it goes back to something that we've talked about with the College Football Hall of Fame. And I know there there have been some criticisms of the College Football Hall of Fame saying you can only get in if you've been a first-team All-American. Well, if you theoretically... Play at the same time as other great quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. You yourself could still be great, but not get in simply because of the timing of your of your career. Like I think a couple of years ago, you had Tua and Trevor, and you know just all kind of. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. These guys played you know in a in a in a you know span of a couple of years close to each other, and you could see a scenario where you have somebody have a Hall of Fame type run but not be in because there were two or three other guys having Hall of Fame-type runs at the same time. That principle is one I worry about a little bit in terms of evaluation. Uh, I don't think if he retires right now, he's in. I don't think so. But I guess what I'm asking you guys, and I don't know if you talked about this yesterday, if he comes back this past year he threw for over 5,000 yards, Mm -hmm. if he comes back and throws for 4,500 yards for a few more more seasons, Uh, he's going to be in the top five or six in the history of the league in passing yards. He's going to have a Super Bowl where he threw the game-winning touchdown with about a minute and some change left. Now, Ben, you've pointed this out. The two receivers with the most receiving yards and the most dynamic record-setting seasons in the history of the league, he he was the quarterback for both in Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. I think there's a finish to his career where he could get in. I understand the argument that he was never Peyton Rodgers, Brady, etc. But I, but I, I don't know that that can be the reason that you're held out because we've all criticized or wondered about that that rule for the college football playoff. And I think the same principle can apply here. <sighs> when you think about when you or think about the, the college football college we, football Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah. When you, you, you think about Matthew Stafford, right? Matthew Stafford came into the league a year after Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has 10,000 more yards than Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan played in the same area, in the same division as Tom Brady, at least for a couple of years, and Drew Brees. Drew Brees does not have a regular season MVP. Drew Brees has the Super Bowl MVP. But Drew Brees, without both of those things, people still consider Drew Brees one of the best to ever do it. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Fuller Rivers has thousand yards. I don't know if Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer strictly because he won the two Super Bowls. That is a team thing. But I think thing. the difference with
1: Phillip Rivers is if you were to make, because if Matt Ryan plays a few more years, uh, 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 Matt Stafford, excuse me, plays a few more years, he mm-hmm. will have similar statistical production to Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. The difference would be Phillip Rivers does not have the ring.
2: What what I'm what I'm saying is we I would never ever penalize a quarterback for something that he doesn't. It's a team thing. I mean, Nick Foles has a ring. I mean, I'm just saying it can't always be about the ring. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Play, and, and this thing yeah, was, but those guys weren't the fastest but, to 20, 30, 40, 45,000 passing
0: what, yards. But were
2: they in a the passing league?
0: Like things I, gonna, I do agree with that. I think in this area, you're going to see a bunch of dudes start hitting 50, 60,000 yards because that's what the league's all about.
2: I mean, I mean, BJ, I mean, what what was we what was we looking at today? Uh we was looking at the guys with the most uh, rushing yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick is in all time. Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the t- top ten rushing list for quarterbacks. He's on the top 10 list. So when you think about Matthew Stafford, is it, the, go with your original barometer. You should hear a name and go, yeah, no, sure. Th- I,
1: this is my only point, and you guys may have covered it. Is I I agree when you and then we've talked about this is, is is maybe being the the standard for the Hall of Fame. When you first say the name, your thought is, eh, I, well, I you know. I, but but I guess beyond that is I want to try to be consistent okay, with well, stats. Okay, let me give you one. Hold on, you know. with, with with stats and production. Is beyond just my visceral reaction of, no, I don't think he necessarily is. Would he have the stats if he plays for two or three more years? Yeah. Would he Would he have the you know the biggest thing you have for quarterbacks the championship? Would he have an iconic moment you know through the game winning touchdown pass in that championship run? I don't know that just because he played in the same era as Brady and Rogers and Brees and Peyton. Like we've all said with the College Football Hall of Fame uh, uh, criteria, I don't know that that like, – like, what are the reasons we're keeping him out?
2: What well, if I, I, go ahead. Go I was going to say, say,
0: am I, I – let me just use one of your own criteria that, that you've thrown out there um, before. Obviously, there's the gut, which I think we all agree is kind of like you have that visceral first reaction of usually if there's no doubt, it's like, yep, like, you, don't, you know, it's just, yep, he is. Can you tell the story? Of quarterbacking in the NFL without Matt Stafford, 100, percent you can't. Well, this is where and we so were. We were talking about this at lunch. I, it,
1: I I think Matt Stafford was one of the quarterbacks that helped turn the league into a passing league, where you went from. I mean, we were talking about this earlier today. Now in today's, I think that, the rules helped with that well, more sure, than anything no, else. No, 100 agree. But but today in the in the NFL, you know, when I was a kid watching football, if you threw for 240 yards, that was a pretty pretty dang good passing day. Well, now you throw for 300 yards, and you're like, eh, you throw for 350 yards, and you're like, okay, now you have my attention. I think Matt Stafford, when he came out of Georgia, and after that first year there in Detroit, he was one of the first quarterbacks to kind of help usher in that standard. Now, maybe that's not enough, but I do think when you tell kind of the 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 story of the quarterback position and Kevin you've talked about this a lot how mm-hmm. the stats have changed how they the, have. how the formulas for quarterback and rating and for all like football, that that's right. every sport right. is, yes. but I think Matt Stafford is a part of that. Again, the two receivers who have had the most productive seasons in the history of the league, he was he was there for both. He was mm-hmm. the quarterback for both. Mm-hmm. So I think when you talk about big numbers and the fantasy football stats, again I'm not saying he's in. He's not in right now. But if you have three, four more seasons of 4,000, 4,500. This, this is what I'm saying to sum up my, 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 my argument, my case, whatever. If he has three, four more seasons of 4,500 yards, he's going to be in the top five to seven mm-hmm. in passing yards. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the top five to seven in passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's going to have at least, unless you say for sake of argument, one Super Bowl, yep. and in that Super Bowl, he's going to have the game-winning touchdown pass at the end of the fourth quarter. So if you rank in the top five in passing yards all time and you have a Super Bowl where you made it, you know, it wasn't a 45-yard Hail Mary, but you, you you threw a game-winning touchdown pass, I'm open to him not being in. I'm saying if somebody in the top five of the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns has a Super Bowl, what are we keeping him out? Like like Like, what's the... Criteria we're keeping him out with.
2: He was never. He was never. The, he was never the best at his position at any time when he played. But
1: I did, not even close. But no, I did. But I think there are other guys who were not the best at their position. Like who? Well, I mean, off the top of my head, I didn't prepare. No, a list, no, no. I'm talking, talking about but goes back, I know, but it goes back to the principle. Okay, mm-hmm. when you had, I'm trying to think, when you had Tua and Trevor Lawrence and. You know, all these only one can be a first team All
2: American, and, and, and that's what so, makes. Hold on, so, and that's what makes it fair. So,
1: so hold on. So do you agree with the notion that you should not be in the College Football Hall of Fame unless you're a first team All American? Yeah, because you got to have okay, criteria. no well, I don't. That's just. That's just where we. That's where Because that's the
2: case. That's the case. It's not prestigious anymore. You got to have some level of. prestige But then you're being punished solely no, 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 because no, no. you were born on same the same year as somebody else. You're not being punished. You played. Your number stacked up against theirs. Right, but it's like but, but
1: to maintain this principle, and again, in theory, Matt Ryan's not a Hall of Famer yet. But mm-hmm. you guys, we've disagreed on this in the past where I've said, I think you can be the fourth best team in the SEC and be the fourth best team in the country. Matt's never yeah.
0: wasn't the fourth best quarterback, though. He was farther down the
2: list. And, and, right, and, but oh, what I'm saying about, is but what I'm it.
1: saying is what I'm saying is you evaluate the the team, the player right. individually. How they compare and contrast to everybody around them shouldn't
2: take away or add to what they've it done. Absolutely does. And, uh, that, that's, that's what competition does. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. We, we're comparing everything, right? Like when somebody says, when, when, you, when you get to talk, when you get to talking about what, what breaks what what separates things, right? When we when Calvin Johnson was universally recognized as the best receiver in football, and he played for Detroit his whole career. Barry Sanders was considered the best running back. He played for Detroit his whole career. So, playing for Detroit cannot be the barometer while you're not considered the best. Two of the greatest to ever do it, if not top five, they played for Detroit. So, that can't be a barometer. The, the guy he was throwing to, Cooper Cup, was offensive player of the year this year. Has Matt Ralph, has Matthew Seven ever been offensive player? No. Can a receiver be offensive MVP? Probably not, because Cooper Cup came about didn't do it. Was he a Super Bowl MVP? No. Did he make first team, second team, or third team All-Pro? No. How many Pro Bowls he got in 13 years? But I guess, One. Man, man,
1: I understand your point, but I guess, too, I'm, I'm going back to the principle. Mm-hmm. To use
2: the principle of, of
1: college, I know a little more off the top of my head, yeah. with college than the pros. So, in, in 2019, you had Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Sam Howell, can only Joe Burrow be in the Hall of Fame? If he if he's the first if he's the first team All in America, yeah. That's, and that that's I mean, what I disagree with you guys I'm, I'm is gonna, I'm I think tell you what, can have, on, on. I think hold on. I think you can be the fifth, sixth, or seventh best quarterback in a year uh-huh. or in a span, in uh-huh. a span of multiple years, mm-hmm. and
2: and still be in the Hall of Fame. We see it every year with this college is what I'm football. This guys what I'm, who should be in the Hall of Fame. This is what I'm saying. Charles Barkley played in the same area as Michael Jordan. Is it unfair to him? Carl Malone played the same era as Michael Jordan. But I think those guys are Hall of Famers. And, and you know why? Because they won MVP when Mike was playing. They won MVP. Now, they had to deal with Mike in the finals. All I'm saying is, and if somebody goes, hey, man, you ever been offensive player of the year? No. But the guy you threw the ball to just, I
1: would just say this to make a college point. Was, was, was Jalen Hurts, who we all huge fans of. Uh, uh, Justin Fields, we're all huge fans of. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Were
2: they the best players in college football that year? They, uh, to some. They weren't better than Joe Burrow. And, and, and But what I'm saying is, BJ, listen, this is what this is what's great about sports. As great as you are, you can go higher. As great as you've seen is somebody that can go higher. We was going through the Heisman Trophies, right, the winners. There's only three guys in the ACC since 2001 won the Heisman Trophy. Two of them came from Florida State. You know where else them came from? Louisville. That would be Lamar Jackson. That's it. So, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman with all these guys. I'm telling you. That's why you need barometers, as good as you think you are. I don't care who you think you are. If somebody goes Calvin Johnson, whether you know football or not, that dude there, Matthew Stafford, people hesitate. There is no hesitation when you talk about oh, Hall of Fame. Oh, I agree. No, no, he's not a so, say the name and he's Now, in. No. now listen, is he, listen, is that Hall of Very Good? It gets They induct 100 guys every year. because it is lit. It is It is not. Nice. I guess this is what I'm struggling with, just to just to surmise. I know we have to go to break, Kevin. But
1: so if he finishes in the top five of, of – of, the, the NFL mm-hmm. in passing yards and passing touchdowns and has a Super Bowl, y'all would be okay. I, my question would be, what
2: are we holding him out? Because for? if you let him in, if you if you let him in, Joe Flacco gonna get knocking at people's door because he goes, I want a Super Duper. Joe Flacco's not Whoa, see in what the, you just yeah, did,
0: though? Yeah, no, no, but he's yeah, not and gonna... Matt Stafford's not in the same conversation as the other guys he played with. Right, but my point is, I guess
1: Joe Flacco's not gonna be in the top five in the history of the league in passing yards. Andy Dalton has three Pro
2: Bowls and Matthew Stafford has one. I mean, I know, but you've told me Pro Bowls. I, don't I understand, but this is the thing. Like I said, BJ, listen. How many? Listen, you played the Super Bowl. Did you get a Super Bowl MVP? No, didn't do that. You got a record. All MVP. I'm saying is he could play his way into a scenario all where pros, it's hard to
1: say why. All like, Pro like, like, why means is you
2: he not? You got first team, second team, or third team All Pro. That means you were considered the best in the league. Five thousand yards passing. Never made an All Pro team. That's the stats. Never made one. All I'm saying is Drew Brees don't got a regular season MVP. That's like saying Nick Chubb was never an All-American running back. That doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Famer. All all, all I'm saying is, BJ, if Matthew – listen, you know what? Matthew Stafford played with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup just happened to be the MVP. You know who didn't have Cooper Cup the first time? That would be Jared Goff. Cooper Cup was hurt. I'm not saying they win the game. I I, I think they scored more than three points. Jared Goff didn't – Jared Goff don't get Cooper Cup. They scored three. Matthew Stafford gets Cooper Cup. They scored 23. And Cooper Cup is the MVP. You know who else they had? Aaron Donald, Von Miller. A lot of that stuff. Dexter Jackson is a Super Bowl MVP. I played with Dexter Jackson that went to Appalachian State. He played receiver. I caught a pass against the one that that was Super Bowl MVP. Just because you win Super Bowls, that is a team effort. Mike won six championships. When the last time, when Mike was in the championship, he wasn't the best team in the league. His team, not just him, never lost in the finals. right? All I'm saying is, if Kobe don't leave Shaq, they win six in a row. Shaq left Kobe, he struggled a little bit. He got him two seven-footers, he won two more. Who you do it with has just as much to do that you do it. Matthew Stafford is good, but they gave Matthew Stafford everything and he won. No coincidence. This debate not gonna
0: be settled anytime
2: soon. Obviously, <laughs> we'll come back. George Atkinson, Raiders legend, set to join us here on Three and Out on the Southern Pink Skin. Welcome back to Three and Out. I am Ben Troop. That is BJ Bennett. Look, with, look with all things going on right now with the National Football League. I mean, are uh, we talking about prestigious players? We talking about HBCU legacy bowls? We talking about all things football? I think this next guy is football. I don't think so. He is football greatness. Super Bowl champion. Played at, played at Morris Brown in his college days. The great, the man, the myth, the legend, the great George Atkinson. What's going on with you there, George? Man,
3: not a lot, man. Just kind of relaxing, you know. The season's over, and I'm just back here in Savannah spending some time.
2: Now, George, before we get, before we get to you know, the Legacy Bowl, the HBCU Legacy Bowl, which I think Doug Williams and those guys are doing a great job, we just finished off – an incredible Super Bowl, man. What were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? And, you know, when you think about a guy like Matthew Stafford, man, do you think he's on a Hall of Fame-type track?
3: I don't know. He's got, to, he's got to win a few more, I think, to get Hall of Fame. But I, I think it was a great Super Bowl, a real good Super Bowl. It displayed the youth in the league with the, with the Bengals. You see a, another up-and-coming quarterback, that's for sure. And the Bengals will be hard to beat in the future with Burrows. And uh, they, they, they're a pretty good team. You look at Chase, they got weapons. You, you, you got that kid at wide receiver. He can run and runs good routes. We played them, and I got a first-hand look at them. So this, uh, I think Cincinnati, man, put up a, a brilliant fight. A couple of plays, though, that were questionable in the uh, fourth quarter towards the end on that last drive I think really caused them the, the ball game. You got you got fourth and one. I think you got to put a guy like Burrows up on the center, and either let him go for it or give it to the back.
4: George
0: Atkinson joining us here on three and out, and, and George on the other side. I know uh, he played a part of some great defenses. How about that Rams defense and, and just guys flying all over the place on that side of the ball for them?
3: Well, they came through at the at, at the right time. I mean, they played their butts off, man, the fourth quarter. When they had to be there, uh, that rush, they had it there. So it goes to show you that they were definitely prepared and they got better. The second half, uh, I thought they played a much better game plan, game plan in the second half than they did the first half. And I, I thought they were very effective with the pass rush in the fourth quarter.
1: George, you obviously won a championship. Uh, what, what traits do all championship teams have in common?
3: uh they have a strong belief that they can win and they play like they can win you know uh, uh winning teams have uh, and when you look at positions you got to have good quarterbacks good skilled receivers uh a strong running game and a great up front offensive line you got to have a complete package both offensively and defensively your defense got to be aggressive big fast strong and tenacious as we used to say and uh, your offense got
2: to be able to strike it in the distance. George, I mean, uh, you played. You played uh, at Morris Brown. When you look at right now, what's going on with HBCUs? I know you got you know big time guys. Like you see what's going on with JSU with Deion Sanders. You talk about Hugh Jackson. You know, uh, you know what what he's doing right now at Grambling. You look at TSU and Eddie George, Doug Williams. You know Grambling's finest start the first ever Legacy Bowl. How do you feel about the Legacy Bowl? And do you think it was, you know, do you think it was uh, finally due for those guys to get their shine?
3: I think it was finally due. You know, I, like you said, I was in the HBC, but when I came along, uh, the SEC wasn't integrated. So uh, the A- AFL went to the uh, smaller colleges to get players. That's how the old AFL started. And after that started, the leagues merged more and more guys start getting pushed to the back because of the bigger schools integrating and the best players would go to the integrated schools. So the SBCUs, uh, they kind of cut back on producing professionals because they weren't getting uh, quality athletes at that time. But now, like you said, you named some coaches who are in there. These teams are getting uh, good athletes. They're getting transfers and what have you. And I think it's a good thing to exposure. Is definitely needed, and I think you're going to start to see a number of small college guys from the SBCU get another shot at at producing in the NFL. And I think it's a great thing, and I'm glad it's and I hope they continue it and improve it along the way.
0: Yeah, George has been said the number one uh, recruit out of high school uh, goes to a, an HBCU there as well. We certainly know the passion is there amongst the uh, the, the fan base. How do you see this? Uh, turning into a long time trend. Do those guys have to go and have success while they're there immediately to kind of keep that momentum going for those top recruits to uh to continue to flow there?
3: Exactly. In order to get the top recruits, you got to have something for them to come through. Got to have exposure. You gotta you gotta be privy and have actions in the uh, NFL because that's what these kids go to the big schools for to get exposure to get uh, exposed to the NFL and get a. Uh, a decent round draft pick uh, choice, uh, become a decent draft pick choice. But the thing is, is the, in, in the past, there was not the exposure. Now, with the coaches that are in the, SBC, uh, the HBCU, I think you t- you mentioned Deion, Hugh Jackson, Eddie George. That alone will attract top players. Those guys are going to get good players and the other teams in the HBCU will have to step up. So you're going to start to see more named coaches, I think, in the HBCU schools, which will definitely increase the exposure as well as give these kids an opportunity to produce.
1: George, you talk about the exposure, the coaches. I mean, Dion Sanders, when you reflect on his career, when you reflect on what he's done, I mean, talk about his uh, – uh, you know, really trend-setting uh, move here to uh, get the ball rolling with some very, very high-profile coaches uh, and and obviously bring more exposure nationally like you talked to uh, the HBCU ranks.
3: You know, you look at that move, Deion May, that was – I think that was a gutsy move because, he. I mean, he, I, most guys would want to go into the big schools. He took a shot, okay, I got a head coaching job I can start and show my abilities, show my skills, show what I can do at a small school. You know, and he went to Jackson and turned that thing around. And now you got Hugh Jackson who coached the Raiders for a few years. A pretty good uh professional coach. He's he's at HBCU. You got Eddie George who played in the league. Uh, a great football player. He's at HBCU, which gives the the whole thing a different look because these kids now will get training from professionals and not just, say, regular coaches. These guys play in the league. They know what's going on. They keep up with the game. They know what the trends are. They know how to keep these kids in, in good condition and know what the pros are looking for, and they train them that way and teach them systems that they can function in the pros. So the systems you see these schools have from Hugh Jackson, Deion, Eddie George, will be on a prototype level with a variation of plays, which, it, which gives exposure to the kids and show what they can do and how quick they can learn. Because one of the key things in the NFL today, as you well know, Ben, is that these offenses and defenses are so sophisticated now. It's a, it's a library of things you have to learn. And uh, if, if you're not quick on your feet, these other kids come in with that from bigger schools because they practice it and that's what they have in their system, they're ahead of you. It takes a minute, and I've seen that firsthand. Guys with great talent, but slow to learn because they haven't been exposed to the professional way of doing things.
2: George, when you think about Doug Williams, though, and the and just him being a trailblazer, obviously his NFL career, I mean, playing at Gramlin, being the first uh, you know, uh, you know, a black man, a black uh, quarterback uh to win and uh, win a Super bowl, Super Bowl MVP, tried to coach uh some time at Gramlin to start the first legacy bowl. Just talk about his significance and understand that sometimes. You know, us being the first, we don't know why we were the first. But for him to say, "Look, man, I want to start this legacy bowl because I really did it at both levels, and now I'm bringing this exposure back to you know, back to where it all started with me."
3: Yeah, and, and he brings credibility, Super Bowl winner, you know, first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You know, coming from a, a small school, he gave back. You know, and that's something that we hadn't seen much of these guys giving back. And Doug, Doug was perfect guy to get that done because of his his experience in the league, his exposure to the right people and being involved in the NFL for all the years. You know, he was assistant in Washington to Bruce Allen. And uh that, that kind of exposure helps him a lot to initiate things, especially for the black schools. I I I uh, you know I, I praise him for the fact that he looked back, you know, and, and he, he, he he gave something to the institution and the the league, the HBCU schools. he gave He's given something back uh, to show that he's he was thankful for them being there for him because he wouldn't have gotten this opportunity to play quarterback uh, if he hadn't gone to Grambling and Eddie Robinson wasn't such a great coach, true developer. So, you know, I, I praise him for that, Ben. A lot of guys keep going, you know, they forget where they come from. uh, uh, I'm I'm glad Doug has made the moves he's made.
2: And, George, finally, I know we've gone through another coaching cycle through the National Football League. I know that Robert Flores right now is uh, suing the National Football League, but you think about it, no Jim Caldwell, no Eric B. And you think about it, you know, obviously the National Football League is over 75% African American yet every time it's time to be the head coaches of these teams seem to get seemingly gets looked over. What do you think is going to have to change in order for you know uh, black head co- I mean black coaches, position coaches get uh, get head coaching opportunities?
3: Well, it has to change from within the NFL system. It's got uh, the organizations have to be more receptive and more accessible for black coaches to become head coaches. You know. Uh, I, I was on a staff, Gruden's staff, and uh, we just just got replaced. And like you said, there are a number of coaches this year that, that were hired, and none were black. And you you have to ask yourself why. And, you know, the answer is right there in the NFL office. So, you know, I think the commissioner has to answer that question, and the owners, who, the guys who own the teams have to answer that question. And – uh you know, you look at the Raiders. You look at Art You know, he was a pioneer as a, as the a black coach. Al Davis gave him a shot, and the Raiders have always been that way. You look at Tom Flores. You know, he's a, a, a Mexican. It's got to be the organizations. They have to have the same mentality that Mister Davis had back, way back in the what eighty. Uh, where he gave Art Schell uh, an opportunity, a guy who played the game, a Hall of Fame, a guy I played with for 12 years. We came in the league together. And when you look at the whole situation, Ben, it's each organization and the commissioner has to make a decision as to
4: uh,
3: why and and what has to be done. You know, the your, your statement that is being made is that there are no qualified black head coaches, and I don't think that's true.
0: Atkinson, joining us here on 3 and Out. George, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Anytime, my man. Appreciate it. George Atkinson, joining us here on 3 and Out. We'll come back. Much more to get to all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin, BJ, and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Hopefully the weather's starting to warm up here in the coming weeks, which means golf season right around the corner, Players' Championship down at Ponte Vedra coming up in three weeks. And, of course, a tradition like no other. The Ma- I can't say that as cool as uh, as, as Jim Nance, uh, but the Masters right around the corner as well. Rich Stiles joining us here on uh, the program, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Rich, welcome. How are you? Okay. How are you guys? Hey, man, we're doing, uh, doing great. Good to have golf back uh, in the news. And, of course, the uh, the wildest event on the tour, right? The Phoenix Open last week. Uh, Scotty Scheffler wins in a playoff. And uh, it's kind of the unbuttoned weekend of the uh, of the golf tour,
4: right? Yeah, it is. It, it is a big weekend for uh, for Phoenix. It's a big weekend for the... I mean, it is unbelievable. Uh, a couple hundred thousand people at that one hole, 16. Uh, it is the highest attended golf tournament in the country. Rich,
1: for people who don't know, uh, what's so different about, I guess, the atmosphere or the environment with this tournament?
4: Uh, adult beverages (laughs) (laughs) growing wildly. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I also think that, uh, the weather is good. Uh, A lot of the big players go out there and play. They love the golf course. They love the atmosphere. It's different than most other golf tournaments with the music and the crowds and the noise and the screams and Throwing beer cans on the golf course—it is just different. Some of the players love it, and some of the players avoid that tournament just because of that fact.
2: Rich, if you if you a casual golf fan, are you, are you are you breaking into the game of golf? This is this wouldn't be the the first tournament you want to kind of get introduced to the game of golf, to it,
4: uh, would it? Uh, it probably you'd probably think they're all like that, but they aren't. <laughs> um, it's it's not. I mean, it's. Not all golf tournaments are like that and uh it's it's just a lot different. But if it was your first tournament you'd probably think, Whoa, um you know, this is kind of cool. All this drinking, all this that and um <laughs> but again it it is not for everybody, but it sure is for the folks that are on sixteen.
0: Oh yeah, they people love it. Uh that tournament each and every year. Uh Rich, uh obviously you had some other things coming out. Charlie Hoffman. Uh, kind of sounded off on the PGA Tour. It goes out on, I think, Instagram and basically saying, look, you assessed me a penalty because the drop area was subpar. Why are we putting up with this? Our uh, players going to keep putting up with this? Nobody else would take a penalty for that. This is why you got Saudi Arabia coming in trying to buy guys off the tour. I, I know he's not a big-name guy like a Jordan Spieth. Or, does he have a point, or is he just frustrated, or how real is the PGA Tour look at guys getting frustrated when you have a Saudi Arabia out there, obviously out in the open, saying, hey, we'll give you $100,000, $200,000 for for mid-level guys to come play on this tour overseas.
4: Well, I think that you know part of it is the fact that now there's a Saudi tour that's willing to spend money to get you to come over and play, maybe give you, depending upon the player, guaranteed contract for a while. I just think he was frustrated. Uh, Not the smartest thing for him to do because he and the others like Bryson and Phil They've made millions, hundreds of millions, playing on the PGA Tour. So why would you start critiquing the PGA Tour for a rules infraction? Uh, maybe it was a little excessive, but still, he knows the rules. He knows what it's about. And I'm sure if you take, you know, his penalty and the frustration, I can understand. But I, I'm not sure that I, I totally do not agree that what he said was apropos. I mean, the PGA Tour is going to go through enough. There is going to be a battle coming up because Saudi is going to throw an unbelievable amount of money to some players. And they may get a couple of top players. But I think, in the end, I think the PGA Tour is going to obviously survive. They're very well-run, very well-funded and I think the Saudis may get a couple players, but they're not going to get a lot.
0: Yeah, I, and again, it'd be, uh, Rich, I think that'll be interesting. I think, uh, you know, Bryson Chambeau, didn't they offer him, like, some absurd amount, like $5, 6000000 million just to come over there and play uh, on the, uh, the Saudi tour or something like that? I mean, how real is oh. that that you could pick off a major-named guy that, as you said, can just so, I, I don't care if I win or lose, I'm going for the cash. And, and how, could they lose some of those guys?
4: Well, there was a false report that he was offered 130 million dollars to come over and play the Saudi tour. Uh, you know, if you look at it, it's kind of hard to 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 look at that if it was real, which he denied that it was real. And Tiger only won 125 or so million on the PGA tour. So, you know, you get 130. You know, you kind of look at it, but he could probably make that much in the next two or three years on the PGA tour with tour winnings, endorsements, and so on. So. Uh, you know i think it's all about money for the saudis and they're going to throw a lot of money they're going to throw a lot of stories out there and try and shake up the uh, the pga tour and the players and uh, again i just think there's a battle greg norman is not the right person to uh, to run that saudi tour as the commissioner so to speak um, he's got so many things against the pga tour um, again i just think it's it's a battle. It'll, it'll create a lot of controversy. It'll create a lot of media and it'll create a lot of interviews.
2: Rich. I mean, Brooks Koepka, obviously, you know, uh, he's always known for what he does on the golf course, but looking a little different these days, man. I mean, he's sporting all blonde. I mean, a, a fan's kind of still getting <laughs> used to it. Why do you think he want to, you know, c- kind of change up the hair color a little bit?
4: Well, uh, who knows? I mean, that's not a question that I'm probably in the private circle to find out, but, uh, Uh, He is his own person. Um, He's entitled to do whatever he would like with the color of his hair. Um, (laughs) Mine happens to be gray, mostly, and uh, I didn't have to color it at all. Um, And it just comes with stress and, uh, you know, dealing with life. But uh, uh, he colored it blonde. Um, It'll be a phase that he's going through. Maybe he's uh, trying to be, maybe his girlfriend wanted him to, to be a blonde. Um, you know, blondes do have more fun. <laughs> uh, Rich, Rich, uh, uh,
1: are, are the storylines already leaning towards uh, the Players' Championship in three weeks?
4: Oh, yeah. I think uh, now that this tournament's over, I mean, you're going out of the Genesis out in L.A. playing at um, uh, the, the country club out there that is well attended. A lot of guys like to go out there. But I think now everybody's trying to focus on, the players, I think he got Harris that's out with an injury, so he pulled out of waste management. And I think he's going to be trying to get back for the players. That's a huge tournament for all the players. I mean, they all want to have that.
0: Especially right there before uh, the, uh, the Masters, which is coming up right around the corner. Rich, always a pleasure. And don't say your hair turned gray because of stress. Every time I talk to you, you're like, I'm just getting in a quick 9 or 18 today.
4: So, I mean, I don't know how much stress you got going on. Well, the stress is, guys, I'm on the golf course, and uh, you're not bothering me too much, but it's okay. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Appreciate
0: it, Rich. We'll talk soon. All right, bye. Rich Stiles joining us here on uh, 3 and Out. we got more to come You're on 3 and Out, including uh, today. was supposed to be uh, Happy New Year. Uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. Instead, we're, we're deciding if, when, and for how long. Uh, players and the owner groups are even going to meet uh, moving forward. We'll get to that coming up in hour number two. And more, it's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Rich Stiles and George Atkinson joining us here on uh, 3 and Out here on this Tuesday afternoon. A lot to get to next hour. Uh, And then in the final hour, Randy Taylor from SI.com. She's got a column up talking about the Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford debate. Which Matt is greater? We'll break that down with her coming up in the final hour of the program. But Ben, ever the busy gentleman... You've got an event coming up in March. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, uh, the first the first ever, first annual uh, 2022 Men's Symposium is going to be held uh, March 5th. Uh, doors open at 9.30 from 9.30 to 2.30 in the East Georgia State College Auditorium. Uh, Entree drama from um, AMI, uh, African American Male Initiative. You talk about Jonathan. Uh, you talk about uh, Justin West of League of Bron, uh Savannah, Georgia. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be from ages uh, – you know, we, we got uh, two different age groups. I mean, fourteen, really fourteen and nineteen in high school, and obviously nineteen and up for the for the adult group. But it should be a lot of fun. Going to be talking money matters. Uh, that we're going to break the two different groups up. Uh, just being able to talk about things, Kevin, BJ, Cam, things that we wish we 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 knew when we were. Well, you know, what well, Cam is, you know, Cam is still very, 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 very young. I was going to say but, a little, uh, little older. Yeah, over yeah. There. But you know Well, I, I'm just saying, if Cam want to be in the building, what I'm saying is, I think a lot of times too. Um, being a former player, you always ask yourself, or, you know, being, you know, what do I do now for today's current crop of not just athletes, but just young men, grown men. And a lot of times we usually be in two different venues. You'll you do something for the young men, you'll do something for the grown men. We try to put them in the same spot. Uh, you know, same uh same um, you know, we we got the same uh, premise, BJ and Kevin, just a just a different way of presenting it to him. Um anybody that wants to register. Uh, go to www.theuncommoncrew that's cru.com it should be a lot of fun it's um something new for me something new for everybody involved but i think when you get to talk the reason why we call it money matters is all in the it's all in the name i think when you get to talking about finances and financial literacy financial stability uh those things go hand in hand so we're going to be able to break it down uh you know Andre is going to be handling uh you know the the 14 to 19 year olds I'm going to be tasked with dealing with us, you know, you know, these grown men talking about different things we need because the conversation is different. But it should be a lot of fun. Go to Uh It's going to be the 2022 um, Men's Symposium held at the East Georgia State College in Swainsboro, Georgia. Doors open from 930 to 230. We will be providing breakfast, lunch, and door prizes.
0: Oh, awesome. Check that out. Uh, Theuncomicrew.com. Get registered up coming up on March 5th in Swainsboro. We're coming back. We will take three. And hit up hour number two right around the corner. It's three and out. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Our number two on this Tuesday, we're talking about Major League Baseball or what little there is uh, to talk about at this point, unfortunately. Uh, with Major League Baseball. Uh, we'll look at the ESPN NFL Power Rankings. Of course, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, you have to go ahead and put out who you think's going to win the next Super Bowl. And we've got some of that uh, for you here in hour number two as well. But first, very important, hour two. got to take three here on 3 and Out. All right, take one. Will Aaron Donald retire? I
1: think in some ways it would be kind of awesome if he did. Ben, I know you've talked about there's something to be said for walking away when you still are at your absolute best. Is he and, a Hall of Famer? And, well, Aaron Donald? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Why
2: did why, you not hesitate? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, well no, there's <laughs> absolutely – and Matt Stafford right now, not a Hall of I'll Famer. I'm just saying, all right. They, theoretically, we're going to get back into that, but theoretically yeah. could be in that conversation one day. But, yes, Aaron Donald, I mean, is he Is he, Is he? he the best defensive lineman of all time?
4: He, he's in, he, now, he, he's in very, the conversation.
1: Yeah, 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 short list. Uh, but I, I would be surprised. I mean, he's probably, what, 30 – Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy that you would think would have uh, four, five, six, seven more high-quality years. Uh, he is the best player in the National Football League. He is the most dominant player in the National Football League. I think there's a chance that the Rams could win another Super Bowl. I, you know, they, they, they were in one a couple of years ago. So, I, I know there was some talk about that beforehand. Uh, wouldn't be stunned, but I would be surprised. I will say no.
2: Oof. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. He's not gonna retire because I think, I think the, the pressure is off of him because he had done everything you could do individually, right? Like I been in league eight years, seven time first team all pro, two time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, had twenty, had uh, over twenty sacks I think one year at the defensive line position. Now it's okay. How many? How many? How can I? How can I make that? Best defensive lineman of all time. How can I submit that interior D lineman, by the way? Because, you know, I don't think he's going to get the 198 sacks. I think that's what Bruce Smith got. But you're talking about D tackles. Now, he, you know, do I want to get to that 120, 130, 140? And I think sometimes, too, you know, when you just dominate, and and, be, and I know we're going to get to that, he's dominated since he's been step foot in the league. And, we, BJ, we're talking about them. We talking about them pit guys. My goodness, I mean, they only put out the great Larry Fitzgerald, Dan. Mar- it just goes on and on. But I don't think he's gonna retire because he's done it. He's not gonna be that guy. He kept saying, "I don't want to be Dan Marino. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be John Randall. I want to be these guys that had great careers and didn't win it." But because he's done it, I think now he can kind of like you know play loose a little bit. Still want to be the best, but that's a lot of money to be walking away from people. I think he signed a hundred million dollar deal. I think he's like three years in. Ain't nobody talking about restructuring. I think you give him at least two more, play it out, then I think he'll walk away.
0: I think he might. I mean, like you said, Ben, and I only say this because we've seen an ever-growing list of guys yeah. in this era of football who have said, you know what, I've made my money, I've taken care of my, as uh, you know the great Beastman said, I've taken care of my mentals and my chicken, Yep. and what else is there for me to do? And maybe he, again, for us, yeah, I don't want to leave all that money on the table. Not a chance. And I think you look at this age and kind of this wave of athletes where we've seen guys go out on top and You go, man, he's got plenty left in the tank. And I think with football, you're saying, I do have plenty left in the tank. But do I want to have plenty left in the tank when I'm 40 and when I'm 50 and when I'm 55? I think that's what they're looking at. And we've seen guys who inexplicably just – like, I got it. I'm done. And now, as you said, every year that he has been in the league, he's been a pro bowler. Yeah. Every year, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been kn- kind of known around the league as the most dominant defensive player. I think if you're worried about Hall of Fame, which he may not be, but if you are, I think that's – he's oh, one of those. Oh, yeah. no, I'm, say, I'm yeah. saying, but 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 you'd say, well, if you played a couple more years, then, then you definitely – I don't know if he's worried about that. I, I think he's done. But you have seen guys – I mean, what, like Patrick, Patrick
1: Willis? Willis? Yeah, I mean, you have seen guys in their late 20s – Certainly early. I mean, 30s. I mean, I mean, Barry Sanders. Talk, I mean, uh,
2: Chad, uh, Calvin I mean, Calvin. John, I mean, these guys did not play. Yeah, Calvin. Or George, yeah. Who played for you there
4: with
0: the
2: Titans? Eddie George. Eddie He's George. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I will say this too. It's something you say. It's almost like we, we used to think that it took fifteen years to build that that, that type of career. It Took 12, 13 years. Look, man. But you're also assuming that guys like him don't have other opportunities as Oh yeah, as I, 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 so I, I, like I was going to say, be- it's, not, it's not like Aaron Donald's uh, agent and publicist ain't, somebody ain't saying, look man what is it going to take to get him on our network? So he's going to make millions of dollars for the rest of his life no matter what he does. I think with him, what it takes to stay at that level, like I'm the best player in the league. How much stress is that that he's under? And I will say this, you saw him in the Super Bowl, you saw his young kids. Like You want to see them grow up, man. They they paid. They've made the ultimate sacrifice. When you talk about saying, "Daddy, I know we got to lend you to this," and I'm just saying. I mean, we think about a guy like you know Aaron Donald, man. I mean, eight years. That's I will put his eight years up against anybody's, and who knows? And I know it ain't the same career, but you start comparing the eight year careers, maybe a Sterling Sharp might get some consideration because. This is a guy that had an incredible career. Good point. It's you know, good when, point. When, he, when he was with the Green Bay Packers. But look, Aaron Donald, look, whatever you want to do, ain't nobody going to say nothing to you. What, you want to come back, stay. If you want to say, hey, I don't want to go to training camp. But as far as eight years go, you can't get much better than that. All right, moving along. Take two, will Kyler Murray be with
0: the uh, the Cardinals next season? Of course, he's done the very 2020s. Thing of if you're mad, I I, I unfollowed you on social media. <laughs> There's no mention of you on my social media. It means say, I'm not, really, really mad.
1: Not just the unfollow, but took all the references off and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say yes, but Arizona better better fix this. I mean, you're talking about one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. A guy who's a star. A guy who is. You know, you think about what what is wanted from Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Can you take a franchise? that historically has not been good and make them relevant. Kyler Murray's done that in a relatively short period of time. That's rare, what Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burrow's been able to do, obviously. So I'm going to say yes, but I think you better do whatever you have to do to address this, make him happy, keep him happy. Uh, he's going to have a chance to get a big payday, pay him. But I, I'm going to say yes. I just can't imagine an organization, been not addressing this and letting a player like like Kyler Murray. Now he may say, "Look, I'm done. I, I I can't do this anymore." But that would be just a major, major mistake that would that would wreck the franchise. I mean, when you look at the Cardinals outside of Kurt Warner, I mean, there there, there hasn't been a lot going on uh, in terms of competing, being relevant, being a contending team. And Kyler Murray makes you that. He's you you've got to make him happy.
2: I think he is going to be a Cardinal. But I will say this, um, Kyler Murray, like. We, great player, first overall pick, offensive rookie of the year. You know, I mean, was in, be being talked. When our first eight games of the year, MVP talk kind of kind of tailed off a little bit. But this is uncharted waters for uh, for Kyler Murray because he's been doing a lot of stuff. Like, it's not just. It's, it's like I tell you, uh, you guys all the time, Kevin and BJ is. As long as I'm great and I don't make waves, you don't hear about the bad behavior. You never hear about it. You don't believe me? Ask Antonio Brown. Ask Le'Veon Bell. You don't hear about it. You start tripping with us, we're going to make you look bad because we're going to be here when you're long gone. They say the Kyler Murray do a lot of stuff in the, you know, they say Kyler Murray got a, you know, and, and I know Cam would understand what I mean. Got a little Kyrie Irving in him when he's, when, he, when he's at the facility. I mean, just moping around, bad attitude, pointing the finger. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. I don't care how good of a player you are. I don't care how good you are. When you start becoming too big of a distraction, especially especially if and people say, well, if you won with him, you won what? You ain't won nothing with him. You've had some good moments. And they've and, they, and they and they've given him, you know, the D-, D Hop. You're talking about Christian Kirk. You know, you're talking about different guys that they brought over there. I just don't understand it. Let me tell you. Think you, you, a, ch- you think there's a I, chance they 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 move on from each other? BJ, I will say this. Shaq got traded from the Lakers. You think Kyler Murray better play than Shaq? That, that's letting you know you're not bigger than the team. And what is it doing to the locker room? Because you know you're going to have guys say the right thing. Like, if me and you boys, they're going to come to me. Hey, being how you feel about BJ? Now, in the, in the public, I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I think you're going to. But behind the scenes, it's killing the locker room. And guess what? You're not winning no playoff games. we talking about Kyler Murray like what? Once again, once again, I know we're going to get to him later. He got some really, really good stats. His hands are like my hands. I'm just saying, you ain't doing nothing for the franchise like that. And, well, young people? I got to say this again. Social media is not the end all be all. You know, I unfollowed everybody. You are still the starting quarterback for Arizona. Like you don't, you don't have to have a bunch of pitches with you and the OC. And <laughs> like I think that kind of to me. And the thing is, it's right that, that's pettiness. Huh? No, 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 call no, call no, no, I mean it really is. I mean, is he sitting there with the thing in front of the head coach like this? Uh
1: how about that? But but, no but, but if He's you're crazy. with Arizona's staff in front office, does that concern you? Because I hear what you're saying, but also the National Football League. What is goal number one in the National Football League? Find a talented young quarterback that yeah. you can afford, team control mm-hmm. that you can build around. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and Jacksonville's trying to do it. I mean, every team around the league. You see what Joe Burrow and Cincinnati have done. I mean, yeah.
2: how? What would this? What would this mean for Arizona? Uh, get, get back to the drawing board. Go out. There. Look, look. You got D Hop. It's not like you're not going to have a quarterback. And you got to start asking these 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 players is you you. You think Arizona is what it is because of you? I mean, uh, you know, Arizona went to a Super Bowl. Were you the quarterback? Oh, that's right, you weren't. That was Kurt Warner. I don't know what these players be thinking sometimes. Like it's gonna be a season next year. They're gonna run out there, with or without you. And I'ma say this: if you don't play for a full season, Le'Veon Bell, that is ignorance at the highest level. You I'm not gonna play. I'm gonna make a point. No, you're not. You're leaving money on the table. And guess who's watching? There's other 31 teams. See, why you think? I mean, I'm making a point. The mother 31 team is going to say, before you sign this, though, we want to put something in these contracts and say, if you start doing that stuff you did out there in Phoenix, yeah, we're going to take your money back. We love you. But just know, that fine print is going to get a little bit bigger. It's going to go from a paragraph to a page. Because at the end of the day, Kevin and BJ, this is a business, right? Love Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray watched the Super Bowl with us. Kyler Murray watched the, watched the NFC Championship game with us. And all I'm saying is, it, it, like, these people, you know, Ben Simmons, we're going to be scary in Brooklyn. Yeah, because we got you. We don't know what you're going to do. That's why they're going to be scared. <laughs> you might show up, and then you might be the Phantom of Brooklyn because we might not see your behind. I don't know. I just I just think that sometimes when you – the conversation you have with your family and they say, saying, Kyler, man, you the man. Just unfollow him. i supposed to come out and go, Kyler, don't do that. Why? Because you work at this facility. You know where they be at? They be here. I play with Vince Young. Love by. By says something to his mother. His mother said something to Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher made it public. You know why he made it public? Because Jeff Fisher and Vince Young were beefing. If they weren't beefing, he would, they wouldn't have got out. I'm telling y'all, as petty as you think you are, you know who's more petty? Them owners. Them head coaches. I will make you look bad, young man. It's going to end up being you because guess what? The media, they put stuff out right now. Right now, right now. He said, man, they all about this nonsense. Should not follow them. Because perception, his reality, and the natural, man, it's perception is reality in life. So, listen. Little bobblehead man, you better cut that stuff out, man, because you're not going to win. And I love Kyler Merriman. I want to see him win. But, BJ, what are we going to remember Antonio Brown for? We're going to remember him being the great player of the antics. Right? I'm, I'm just saying, he, he is that dude. Last time I saw Antonio Brown, he's stripping in New York or, or New Jersey, walking out the field. I'm telling you, they're going to remember you for the antics. And, and, unfortunately for him, I ain't even know all this stuff. They say he is awful at the facility. They say he's awful, and they only deal with it because he's the guy. I always say this. Would he be this way if he was a backup? simple, Exactly, because you don't hear from backups. You know why? Backups need that check. So Mr. Backup quarterback one-on-one, his wife was saying, I wish you better follow everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it's because of who he is. No, I mean,
0: I certainly I understand that. And I even through all this, I've seen people that cover Texas A&M and go, "Do well, I know why he left Texas A&M. Uh-oh. I, and again, I, I'm not trying to put it all out there, but I, I'm like Ben. It's like, I don't think Kyler Murray's that. We were talking about the credentials of Matt Stafford versus – Hall of Fame guys and this, that. I don't think Kyler Murray's at the point where he could be pulling that guy. I know he's a good young quarterback. But guess what? They have good young quarterbacks in the draft every single year. I'm not saying... But I tend to go by, like, everybody is replaceable. There are certain guys that are harder to replace than others, but I might been. What on the credential sheet, other than we made the Arizona Cardinals a little better, makes you think, hey, I can, I can pull this and they'll be fine. Well, I mean... Your head coach got your bet? Your head coach probably worried about getting fired, too. <laughs> at the uh, at the end of the day, uh, when it's all said and done. Moving along, take three. Combine, next big thing up for the National Football League. What is the most important drill in combine evals in your estimation? I, I mean, ben,
1: I'd guess, given the way people overreact to it, uh, the 40-yard dash, and probably shouldn't be that way, because, Kevin, as you have long said, never do football players yep. run in a straight line in their underwear for 40 yards. But... That
2: is the talking point that yep. leads to real momentum if yes. you if you rise or fall. For me, it is the 40, because it's the one thing that I mean when you talk about these when you talk about these players, I'm talking to my former uh position coach, uh, my junior in college, Ty Tobe. He said, being nowadays, four, four, four receivers slow. Cause guys are running fourth. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, and now, but for quarterbacks though, it is the pro day or the throws. Because, look. They don't, they don't, they don't get quarterbacks to hand the ball off. They get you to make throws. They want to see, can you put that thing in between that safety and that corner when they're trying to, you know, they want to see if you can that throw go back to the Super Bowl. Why they keep making that one throw, why they keep showing that one throw to Matthew Stafford, the Cooper Cup. Because he let the ball go before Cooper Cup even came out of his break. That's trust. That means I got to fit this ball and you know, in uh in a in tight windows, and only I can do. But, I'm, but you know, just like I know, Kevin, BJ, Cam, when we watching the 40s, what happens when we think a fast guy runs slow? When a fast guy runs slow, I thought he was faster than that. I want to see if one thing matches the other thing, right? Like, hey man, why do most people? Well, everybody. Why do everybody want a Lamborghini? One because of Lamborghini. Two, I want to see how fast it is. If I got a Lamborghini, it can only go sixty. I feel like I got ripped off. Like, what? yeah, yeah I'm but getting the ticket exactly first, first exactly. ten miles. I own that thing. I, I've heard you say that time and time again. <laughs> no, no, but think about this too. No, 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 no. Here's For years. No, here's again. the thing. If you got a Lamborghini yeah. and you never got a ticket. Do you really do you really got what you yeah. doing? Man, I just you don't I, buy the Lambo. The exactly. Ferrari, or in a sense, put, put in a sense, hopefully, hopefully, and when hopefully when you get that ticket, that cop is going, hey man, we wasn't gonna chase you. Because boy, <laughs> you got out there. No, I'm just saying, BJ and Kevin, when you talk about the 40, right? We used to didn't care about if big guys was fast. Now they got to be fast. Just for the, just for the, just for the, the, the you know, just like that rah oh my god, that uh that, did you see this effect? But I I it is the 40 because I want to know how fast you are. And let's face it, you know we're purchasing. We're there's 253 high performance vehicles are getting purchased. I want to make sure that ain't just a sticker. I want to make sure you are that, because if you had 125 catches and I see the 4-7, you go, well, he can run routes, he, ain't, <laughs> he got Jalen Ramsey on him, right? Did Stephon Gilmore on him? So, but it, but for the but the quarterback, so it is gonna be the pro days and throwing the ball. Yeah,
0: I I. I, I I think a lot of it's overdone. Myself, personally, I, I I think the most important part of the Combine is the interview room where you get to know somebody. I 40-yard dash, don't care. Because if you were really that slow, would you be here? No. There's a reason you got invited to the Combine, and it probably wasn't, did you run a 4-5 versus 4 No, we think you're a player. Because, I, I, again, you're running in no helmets, no pads, no shorts. You're doing a standstill vertical leap. Mm-hmm. You're doing a 10-cone drill in mm-hmm. shorts, no you better, helmets. You better get right. Nobody trying to hit you. You're doing a quarterback throws where you turn. Somebody throws you a ball. You drop it. Look for another ball. Catch it. Drop that. Yeah, that happens in games all the time. That's called fumbles. Uh, so, no, I, I, mean, that, I mean, none of
2: that, none that's of that called, stuff. That's called, that's called not care. But I yeah. will say this. To those uh, workout warriors out there, because there's a bunch of us, right, a bunch of you, not me, a bunch of you workout warriors out there. Man, he ain't even that fast. Still fast than you. Yeah. He ain't even that strong. He's stronger than you. Hey, man, like I, if did you're, 400, I did 47 reps on the bench, and that helps you how? Well, think about this. I'm going to say, you know, I mean. The average person can't run as fast as they can to jump 10 feet. They're making them stand there and jump 10. He stood still and uh, 10, 11, 12 feet. Yeah. So, you're thinking, he ain't as explosive as I thought. He's explosive as hell. He just, yeah. He's getting judged with the most explosive yeah. p- athletes if in I, the world. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time on
0: Sunday that Aaron Donald <laughs> stood flat-footed and just jumped 10 yards ahead, man, I'd be a wealthy
2: individual. I don't need all that. He could play. And you know how I know that? I watched the game. Come tape. on, listen, listen, BJ. I watched the game. BJ, tape. listen, BJ goes to the box score. Kevin goes, I got the eye test. I, my eyes ain't lying. I saw a lot of bruised egos out there <laughs> when he played.
0: That's
2: all I
1: need to know. Yeah, I saw 30 tackles for loss when I watched there Donald yeah. in college. I didn't, I didn't, you know. I don't yeah. care if he can broad jump 18 feet. Didn't need to know that doesn't, he could jump 20 feet. Yeah, yeah, it
0: doesn't matter. We've got more to come as take three. We'll come back. A lot to get to here on the program. It's three and out on the Southern Pickskins. Good to have you along here, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin B.J. and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Pitchers and catchers supposed to report today, oops, that's not happening. As Major League Baseball uh, met with the Players Association over the weekend. Ben, you and I talked about this yesterday, met for two hours. They've met like three or four times, none more than two hours long, and they still can't come to an agreement. Players are mulling over. Uh, the owner's offer and how they're going to combat it or come back with it and no word on when they're going to meet. As I told Ben yesterday, BJ, hard to believe that either side wants a deal at this point when you only meet for two hours at a time well, yeah. every couple of weeks. Some of this doesn't feel very serious given that spring
1: training, in some respects, was supposed to start today and, and in and terms of guys feeling reporting. feeling the pain yet. That's right. The, is, that's is, the real problem. It doesn't feel like there's a sense of urgency. And, you know, the owners, uh, there are things they have got to they have got to come around on. And and I I, I think that as we've heard from from multiple reporters, uh, there are two or three probably issues that are the main issues, and then there are secondary issues, but this doesn't feel like a resolution is on the horizon. Now, you've you've talked about this in the past when there are disagreements, you could reach a point where you go from seemingly a zero on a on a on a Tuesday to a ninety-five on a Wednesday because you look around and go, we better address this and we better figure this out now. But I, I just look at it as something that doesn't feel close. Right. And, and the start of the regular season is at least on the horizon. All things, if they were as they should be, the, the regular season will be on the horizon. We will be talking about, you know, the defending World Series sure. champs, the Braves, the Raw. And, and I think right now there are so many more questions than answers that it doesn't feel like you're going to have a 162-game season. I, listen, I, I, I know we're still a ways
0: away from that, but to me – that feels like the reality. Is that fair in your mind? Well, I mean, I think at some point, somebody's going to have to just sit there, and as Ben said, it's usually not the owners because they can afford to hold it out. At some point, somebody's going to have to say, all right, we're willing to bend. Why? Because we're about to start losing real money. And I I think the, uh, the owners certainly coming off of 2020, don't want to lose more money, but they mm-hmm. did have a very nice 2021, by all accounts. They did. Every team was awash in money, hence why please, you're please, giving out $50
2: million. Please tell BJ how much money uh, the Braves average. Oh, yeah, game. so one of
3: the – we had a writer
0: <laughs> come out who – and you can look at the Braves because the Braves are owned by a public company. So they're not owned by a single guy who can withhold his books and say you're not looking at them. But the Braves are owned by Liberty Media, which is a public company. And so he went and did a dive, and on average, for a team like the Braves – now, granted, there's more interest in Atlanta – than say the Pittsburgh Pirates right now because the Pirates aren't as good and they average more home fans and stuff like that. But on average, he looked at the books, and in terms of just dollars, the Braves for one home game generated about six and a half million dollars. I would go, I would assume that's, you know, just having a home game, parking, <laughs> everything's about six after they pay everybody for that home game, there's about a million bucks left over. So You tell me how profitable it is (laughs) to own a team, and again, that's not the Yankees, that's not the Red Sox, that's not the Dodgers. So if you if you if you if
2: you are a you know if you fit you you missed the fifteen percent of the Braves, people like that ain't number one. That's money for life, right? And you're making money. But I will say this, Kevin we 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 win this whole segment. We ain't talking, Mister Rob Manfred, Commissioner comes out. What would he say? I mean, I'm confident. Why? Why are you confident? Have you been watching? Have you been seeing what's been well, going on? Well, he's in on? the meetings. And, 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 meeting. and, and we said this. I get it. He, he, he is a mouthpiece for the owners. I get it. But I put it back on the owners. Same owners that want to do arbitration. arbitration. We, don't even want to talk. we don't want to talk to them. Why? And then when we do talk talk to them, they last two hours. Go back to the Super Bowl. You know who was in the Super Bowl commercial? Mike Trout. It took me, I was like, who is? It? That's Mike Trout. Mike Trout is doing commercials during the Super Bowl. Because he's like, look, man, I'm still making money. But the problem is we want to see Mike Trout. You know, on the dime. We want to see him out there, you know, mash uh, your know, baseball. And I think right now, if you are, some of you always say, Kevin, I think it's true. This is your moment. Baseball can ill afford to not have his moment because we are a, listen, There is we, we don't do a delayed gratification in this life. We want it now. We want it right now. And if we got the way, you will be replaced. You don't think you're going to be replaced? For all the people that kept saying, the NFL is down this year. Over 100 million people watch Super Bowl. Cincinnati and the L.A. Rams, 100 million people. So if you don't think you're going to lose them eyes, you better get something right yeah. really, really quickly because you're already battling you know, to even, and, to even kind of stay in and the they, forefront.
0: they made some small concessions and things where, you know, hey, we're universal DH and things like that. I mean, those are the ones we all knew was going to happen uh, anyway. Uh, but, BJ, you see the stuff that, again, to me this comes down to, like, pettiness on a lot of the, uh, the owner's parts uh, at the end of the day is you look at it and say, all right, we're going to stick on a point that we're trying to uh, you know, maybe squeeze down the minor league system where we want to uh, limit the amount of minor league players there are inside your system at any given time from 180, maybe we shrink it down to 150 over the life of this CBA uh, that we put together. I mean, and you go, man, that's 30 jobs a team. It is, but to fund the minor leagues right now, and you're talking about, you're going to give that to the players where the players have spent time saying, we need to pay minor league baseball players more because they're the lifeblood of the next wave and how many guys might be viable MLB players who quit cuz they're making 12 grand. Like 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 you don't have that problem in other sports like the NBA is not missing out on talent. Why? Cuz even if you're in the G League, you're making 50 grand. You don't go to the G League and say, "Hey, we'll give you 12 grand and you can play for six months." Major League Baseball, they do that. You're talking about uh, in Dallas Braden former player put the math out there he's like you're talking about the the cost to teams to fund their minor league system about two and a half million bucks a team that's not that's not much and, and the, when you're talking about billions of dollars two and a half million dollars that, why are you wanting to die on that hill why, why uh so i I look at the owners and some of the things like there's going to be pressure but at the end of the day you started this fight because you wanted to be more competitive. The players want it to be more competitive. We don't want teams tanking. We don't want teams selling off free agents so they can be, you know, have one star and pay 25 guys the major league minimum and not care if they win. We want the mid-level guys to get more because their salaries have come down from an average of about 10, $11 million down to three over the last uh, four or five years. We want that to go up. We want teams to compete. And that's not – to me, those aren't unreasonable things to help the growth of the sport. Now, are there things that players want – that might be unreasonable, sure. But at the end of the day, you got to get back out there and play. And, I, again, if you're the players, I understand what you're doing. The owners, I think, at some point, and maybe there's an owner who can have the ear of Rob Manfred to say, listen, fellas, mm-hmm. I, I'm i good. Like, I get it. We're all here. we got to put on a uniform front. But here, we're behind the closed doors. Listen, man, it ain't going to help me out if we don't play. Not because I'm going to go broke. But when I come back, I got to go win back all these fans. Why? Because I'm the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm I'm losing fans by y'all doing this. The Yankees ain't losing fans. The Yankees come back; they're the most popular team right there with the Red Sox. And Dod- they're not losing fans. You're losing Colorado Rocky fans. You're losing Milwaukee Brewer fans, Astro fans who are just like, look, we have good teams, but if you ain't gonna play. I'll go do something else. That's what. This you is can't my afford. question.
1: Yes, this is my question on that front to you, Kevin, because. I think we all agree and we've all said at some point you're going to reach a point where something has to give. To me, we are getting close to that point because it's hard for me to imagine, given the reports that we've read about how far apart they are and we're not going to have mediation and now there are new things, like you said, petty from ownership about I want to reduce the overall roster size of my minor league farm systems. It, 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 it feels like we're not to the point where we're, where we're on the verge of a breakthrough. No, it feels like that is not only tomorrow, but maybe but, the day after tomorrow. So where is the – what is the date where you look at it and go – Missing spring training is one thing. Yeah. Missing regular season games in a sport that's defined by the longevity of its regular season, by the stats that come with that, where is the point where we're we're looking at that going, we're not going to have a full 162, and this is becoming a
0: major issue for baseball. You're probably talking middle of March, you need to have something done. Uh, Because the season would start into March, I think even if you missed a game or two, you could say... All right, fellas, we're going to rework the schedule, and you're going to play a doubleheader. But, or but you need—
1: but you need what? Four to six weeks of spring training.
0: Uh, I think most players, for pitchers, I think you need that. Uh, you know, guys that are hitting two weeks, maybe at the most, two three weeks. But the problem is, you really need to get some things done because once you get this deal signed, there are over 600 free agents uh-huh, out there that uh-huh. have to get that have to get signed. They don't have to get signed. I know, I, mean, I know
2: one in particular. Yeah, needs there's to one get guy signed. that I know people
0: want <laughs> to to particularly sign. Um, and uh, you you have to get that done. And just for clarity's sake, because I had
1: a family member ask me the other Trades day, could happen, why Apple. haven't the Braves signed Freddie Freeman? Can't. That, that,
0: that cannot happen yeah, right can't. now. Right. Mean, if you see, and I'll say this again for folks, if you see an article that says Braves likely not going to sign Freddie Freeman, where are you getting that from? Because they literally can't talk to him. Nobody can. So the likelihood that the Braves signed Freddie Freeman is just as good as the Yankees or anybody else. Why? Because nobody can talk to him. So that that's just nonsense until they sign a deal, but... Uh, right now, nobody's feeling the pain. Look, minor leagues or spring training, minor league is a separate deal, by the way, so there will be minor league baseball, so those guys will get paid. Uh, but spring training, nobody gets paid. So if Freddie Freeman doesn't go to spring training, doesn't matter. He will not go get paid for spring training anyways. So uh, nobody's feeling the pinch just yet. Even guys who are making a million bucks, you're saying, well, man, you only make a million bucks. You haven't been paid since October. True. But you weren't going to get paid for February or March anyways. You weren't going to start recouping that money until you got back around to playing games, uh, you know, there in April. So nobody's feeling that pitch. Nobody's getting pushes for the players going, fellas, like, if y'all can figure it out, I need to get some cheese in here. You know what I mean? It's like, and so I think that's where we're at. We got to take a break. I know that we could talk about this a lot, and I'm going to get carried away, and it'll end up going way over. It's three and out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Tuesday, Kevin, BJ, and Ben. Again, we were set to have spring training day, not happening uh, because players and owners. And I think the, uh, uh, the the most the most frustrating part, as I've expressed to Ben, uh, BJ, is just that neither side at this point, And again, it's all it's all posturing. You look out, and a couple weeks ago, the players were like, "Hey, we want a deal, we want a deal." And the owners, "Hey, we think we're putting forth the fair deal." Well, obviously, they're posturing to throw it in bad light on the other side. I think you're not serious about a deal from either side. And I'll put, again, because people are like, why are you signing with the owner? I'm not signing with the owners. I'm not siding with the players. I'm siding with the fan who doesn't really care. I just want you to figure it out. And when you meet for two hours, you're not serious, right? If Ben and I want to work out a deal and say, Ben, we got this billion-dollar deal that involves TV, involves salaries, it involves pay structure, it involves revenue sharing, and, and I go and sit down with Ben, I say, hey, we got a lot of stuff we need to work out here. We meet for two hours. We have no deal. Ben walks away. I walk away. When are we going to meet again? I don't know. A week or so. Okay. Then we meet again. But a two-hour two meeting. Saying, a two-hour meeting is not a meeting. Yeah, it's not a meeting. So especially when you have more. And again, I'm using me and Ben in this example. There are obviously more people in the room than two people. So two-hour meeting. You're presenting your ideas. You're presenting, and then you're saying nope, and you walk out. Then you don't meet again for a week. If we were serious, I would say Ben. We're going to meet at 9 o'clock in the morning. Come ready to talk. We're going to hammer this thing out. We really need to get it done. Guess what? We're going to bring lunch in. We're going to bring dinner in. And we're going to bring in coffee or whatever we need to get this thing done. Yep. And the fact that you can't meet but for two hours, no. When, I mean, you remember this. As contentious as the NFL was, did the NFL have two-hour meetings? No. Roger Goodell and the players, they are sitting there. I, I remember when this was covered. They're meeting all afternoon. They're coming back the next day and meeting all day the next day. Major League Baseball has met with the players three times since December. None for more than two hours. You're not serious about a deal. Mm -hmm. Either side. Either side. If you're serious about a deal, say, look, you know that we disagree with you. I know you disagree with me on things. But we ain't leaving until we get this done. Because not playing is not an option.
2: Look, at the end of the day, you you're talking about two different conversations going on at the same time. If you're talking about the players, they're trying to get what they're worth. The owner's trying to see what they're willing to take. That's that's why I'd be such a that's why i be such a tug of war. It's, it's something as simple as. And I appreciate that, but at some point, if you're
0: the the MLB owners, you have to look at it and say, Yes, they are a product, but if there is no product, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Mm-hmm. My fran- my franchise is worth zero mm-hmm. if there's no games being played. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the way I kinda look at me, it.
2: Me me and BJ were talking about something to break. Just just say you might try. Just say you Bryce Harper. And you make the ultimate sacrifice. You say, listen, right? Hey, man. I don't I I got I got I got good money. I'm gonna give every player on this team, right? I'm gonna give y'all, uh, and I'm just throwing at it. I'm gonna give y'all a cool meal, a piece. Cause if we got to sit out this year, I want to make sure y'all good. You know what that does? That tells them owners, take that. Because what happens is, right? The owners know that Bryce Harper's not. I know he's I not. Mean, but this, this is what I'm saying. And I don't mean to single him but, out. But this is I mean, yeah. what I'm saying, though. Check this, but check this out, though. Check this out, man. The hardest thing to get is a whole bunch of players on the same page. You don't understand. Like we all got just ridiculously uh, different situations, right? And and it comes down to where you live at. We like, what you mean, man? When I played with the Tigers, I knew guys that live behind the gate. That's their life. Golf course. I didn't live behind no gate. I could have, but I didn't. I knew guys that spent 100000 dollars on on a on a on an entertainment system. I ain't do that. I could have, but I ain't do that. And that's what you're really talking about. Like you're talking about the fact that you got guys that are totally different situations. But the 53rd man on the roster, he can't lose one check. Well, that's right? why I want to ask you. Even though I'm sure mm-hmm. the
1: Major League Baseball Players Association has a, you know, just comprehensive, complete, agreed upon set of principles that, hey, this is what we want. Are there some guys potentially within that who maybe don't make as much money who look at it from the perspective of, I, I'm going to really need to to play. I'm going I'm, to, you know, Bryce Harper, like you said, I mean, you might have a $300 million contract, but there are players who don't. Is that, How much harder is
2: this on on them? Hey, we, this is something we can not care about. Listen, any league, MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, the league is made up of the no-namers. That's the league. Yes, I know who LeBron is. I know who AD is. I know who Russ is. Who's the 15th guy on the roster? I don't know. That's the league. The guy who's the reason why he jumping because he knows, man, I don't want him to think I'm not being supportive of the team. The guys that get in when the game's over. Or the guy who got to play uh, multiple positions in baseball. Man, why do you like, I got to know how to pitch. I'm a shortstop. Because if they need somebody and I only do one thing, I don't play. So I'm just saying, that's the bulk of the league. And I think the biggest disconnect is, look, hey, man, the best player in baseball doesn't even go to the playoffs. He's the best player in the in the MLB. Doesn't go to the playoffs. He, he's sitting there talking about, I want to be a weatherman when I'm done. Yeah, because you could buy the Weather Center <laughs> when you done. I just think that the big, the one thing I didn't understand when I was in the National Football League is, is to understand the business behind. Like, the guys with the suits on is what you need to know more about, and they don't. We play baseball. We play football. We play golf or what may have you. I think what happens is, You're not speaking on behalf of the players that need it. The last collective bargaining agreement for the NFL, most of the players didn't even vote on it. Most of them, they didn't even vote on it. And somebody goes, dude, you're not going to vote on your future? No, man, I'm good. No, no, no. Because collective bargaining agreements are for the now, the future, and the past. It's all those things. And I just think them owners know, hey, man, the the, the league's so disconnected. That's what we're using against them. We're going to use time. Right? We're going to use miscommunications and and no unification. None. Like, no, they ain't unified at all. That's what they really use against them because, like, like you say, Kevin and BJ, look, it's going to be this. Look, man, it's getting close. Right? And what if I am a, what if, listen, what if I am, you know, one of those, the, the third or fourth reliever? And, and this was my year to try to get in that starter rotation and there was no baseball. So now I am looking forward to it. Now I got to start. So I do think that, you know, the owners, they know they got the upper hand. They know they still got a little leeway. But the owners know, look, man, we're gonna be billionaires regardless. We don't want to lose no money. Y'all, y'all are millionaires, and millionaires can become flat, bro. But guess what? Most guys in MLB ain't millionaires. They thousand and they love it. They can they can't ill afford it. So I think that because the, the owners know this, there is no backup plan for baseball. We got backup plans. This ain't the only thing we own. This ain't the only thing we do. This is just one of the biggest things we're known for. Baseball player, this is all y'all got. Y'all ain't got nothing else. So I, I well, think that now they, trying, they, they might be using that against them. And I just think for the health of the sport,
0: if you're a player, you also want to play because, again, yes, are your salaries going to continue to go up if people are mad that you stopped what, I mean, again, most people don't remember the last time baseball went on strike. But I think, by and large, the reason a lot of leagues are seeing a lot of success is they haven't been out on strike. And have, I mean, I, I know people think the NFL isn't touchable. Go three-quarters of a season with no league and see how many people are like, man, you know, what the heck with you guys. Like, what, the, what in the world? your whole league's making billions of dollars. Yep. and And you're not going to play. And so I think if you're major league baseball, uh, somebody's got to come to the table and go, fellas, I, I, for the here and now, we're fine. Right? We, we, we're we good. Some of y'all maybe even saved the millions of dollars that you're making as players and owners, obviously billions of dollars. But at some point, you got to say, how does this affect us two, three years down the road? When people are mad, it took steroids and ridiculously freakish home runs to bring baseball back after the last time they went on strike. I don't think you want to do that. There's way more things to pull people's attention away from your sport. I know pace of play and all that nonsense that people want to talk about. None of that matters if you're not out there, right? Hey, we can be upset that we don't like a three-hour game. Fine. Guess what? You still played. I still watched it. (laughs) You know, you can deal with gripes at that point. What you can't deal with is there was no game. Period. Because the sports centers and the blogs and all that, they're not going to come on and go, well, we're going to talk for the next hour about day 28 of no baseball. Nope. They're going to say they're still figuring it out. Next story. And today in other news, while you're not playing, this happened. I think you're missing a big opportunity. we got to step aside. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin, BJ, and Ben. A lot to get to coming up. Final hour. Uh, Randy Taylor, si.com, will join us. We'll talk about Matt Ryan v. Matt Stafford. Uh, certainly been a hot topic here in this state. She'll join us coming up at the top of next hour, guys. Quickly, I know uh, you had Mercer down starting spring practice. Speaking of things starting, Conference USA put out their schedule today, and Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and Marshall are still on it. I don't and think they that's out, gonna work yet. Yeah, I already work. said we're going to the Sun Belt, uh, in J- July 1, and Conference USA saying nope. <laughs> we're 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 committed to making sure you legally stay and fulfill your obligations. So, this is the messiest divorce court ever. I'm looking That's about to, it. to happen. I love I, yeah, I, love I just, I love this it. is not going to go well. I, I, I don't don't see a
1: team or three teams that don't want to be here and, and have said we're not going to be here playing some that out. Has put
0: their football schedule out yet? I think they may have. I, if they have not, I, but I hope it comes Marshall out Marshall and Southern Miss I will be in both. Old Dominion will be in both. We told you we weren't playing. Don't put us on a schedule. You put me on a schedule. This is going to be fun as it gets closer to the season. We're coming back. One more hour to go. Randy Taylor, SI, joins us when we return here. to be here with you on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop, final hour of the program. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Super Bowl ending on Sunday. Matt Stafford and the Rams getting that Super Bowl ring. And automatically the is Matt Stafford Hall of Famer talk uh, starts coming out. Richard Sherman weighs in and is like, well, are we lowering the bar for the Hall of Fame? And that led our next guest to uh, pin a uh, column on that for SI.com. Randy Taylor joins us here on uh, 3 It Out. Randy, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, guys.
5: Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm really good. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. And
0: Obviously, Richard Sherman uh, say, hey, are we lowering the bar for the uh, for the Hall of Fame? And if Matt Stafford is, and certainly Matt Ryan is a, is a Hall of Famer, and I've seen a lot of graphics going side-by-side side of uh, looking at the numbers uh, just when you start looking at uh, at Hall of Fame resume, where do you think before we get into who should be, and shouldn't be? Where do you think these guys stack up between Stafford and Matt Ryan with what they've done on the field?
5: You know, it's they're. I don't want to say they're the same guy, but they both had incredibly hard seasons when it comes to their team. Um, Matt Ryan, personally, according to the stats that I have, you know, um, he looks like he might have better odds at that, you know, four pro, four-time Pro Bowl, one-time MVP, one-time All-Pro, but he doesn't have that Super Bowl. However, if we're talking playoffs, he has been to or lost a six different playoff games. Now, all of those teams that he lost to, they went to the Super Bowl. Four of those teams went on to win the Super Bowl. We do know that horrible loss, though, to 28, that 28-3 blown lead um, against the Patriots, though, being one of those times where the team that he lost to won the Super Bowl. And uh, Matt Stafford, he's only lost four uh, or three playoff games. He's been through the playoffs four times, obviously, this past year. Sunday, he won the Super Bowl. But none of the teams, the three teams before Sunday, even made it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Matt Ryan is facing better teams when you look up that. And then, I mean, if we're talking Matt Stafford's, Matt Stafford's uh, stats, He's only a one-time Pro Bowl, no MVPs, no All-Pro, but he does have that Super Bowl championship. So, you know, after looking at Richard Sherman's tweet and talking about lowering the the bar for the Hall of Fame and, you know, comparing it to a participation trophy, it did really get me wondering. I mean, does a Super Bowl negate any accolades that a player has earned throughout his career?
1: And when you think about uh, certainly, certainly Stafford and Ryan, Ryan has the MVP that Stafford does not have. Uh, when talking about a Hall of Fame resume, I know as you said, a lot of people talk about the Super Bowl, but how much how much value do you place on having an MVP on your resume? I
5: mean, I think that's that's pretty significant, but honestly, I would. I would rank it under a Super Bowl championship, but that's not to say that that doesn't mean Matt Ryan couldn't make it into the Hall of Fame without a Super Bowl championship, because if we look at it, he's this era's Dan Marino, who's made it into the Hall of Fame, you know, without a Super Bowl win. Um, But, I mean, I think if we're looking MVP versus Super Bowl championship, I would have to go Super Bowl championship above the MVP, MVP.
2: Brandon, when you think about the uh, when you think about the Super Bowl, though, I mean, uh, Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. These are guys that was on. They obviously weren't the best player in the league, let alone might not even be the best player on their team. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't even the MVP. That would be that would go to you know a Cooper Cup. He wasn't even offensive player of the year. That would go to Cooper Cup. When you look at the fact that he only has one Pro Bowl, and when you talk about the most dominant quarterbacks wh- when they played, does Matthew Stafford name even come up?
5: Um, no, I don't think so. He is in, we'll put it this way. I'll compare to all time passing yard leaders. He is number 12 on that list. Matt Ryan at number eight. But if I go back to the fact that, you know, Dan Marino doesn't have a Super Bowl win. Um, he's number seven, right above Matt Ryan. Um, Warren Moon, who doesn't also have a Super Bowl win. He's right under Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, he's in the top 15, but is he one of the first ones that I'm thinking of? Um, when it comes to top quarterbacks, definitely not. So, I mean, that MVP or no MVP, especially not being the MVP in the Super Bowl, I think that does say a lot. But again, I'm I'm going to have to go with Super Bowl over MVP. But if we look at their stats and their accolades as a whole, I'm going Matt Ryan if I have to choose between one or the other. Uh, hey.
0: Randy, you look at the, the NFL, and I know a lot of people, uh, have, as you said, have been pointing to MVPs and Super Bowl champions. Other sports, there seems to be certain benchmarks. Baseball's a big numbers sport where it's, hey, if you get this many hits or you hit this many home runs, you're probably in. Like, without that, are, are there any numerical benchmarks that – even matter in the NFL as far as Hall of Fame accolades, uh, numerically, especially with more games, uh, now on the schedule, the league has moved the rules package kind of to more passing, uh, more offensive-driven. Are there numbers that you feel like either Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford hit where it's like, look, it's just the straight numbers they're in?
5: See, and I would go to those passer uh, passer ratings, QB passer ratings. You know, they're both very comparable in the low 90s. But if you look at it, Ryan technically has more games under his belt because he was drafted a season earlier, you know, 08 versus 09 for Stafford. But, I mean, they're both really still writing their legacies. And so, again, I don't necessarily think there's a specific number. I think it's their career as a whole, the accolades as a whole, that you really need to look at when it comes to whether or not they should be inducted into the Hall of Fame.
1: How much of the Hall of Fame uh, potential for Ryan and Stafford going to come down to how they finish their careers. And I don't know, maybe if you assume Matt Stafford has three or four more years, potentially, maybe Matt, Ryan, two or three. I mean, it's impossible to know. But how much of whether or not they get in is going to determine, uh, be determined by how they finish their respective careers?
5: Okay, so and I'm probably going to contradict myself a little bit because I said there wasn't any specific number that you should look at for um, them being a Hall of Fame candidate. But you could almost say here, and I'm getting there because, like I said, they are still writing their legacy. So I think a huge part of it, especially for Matt Ryan, if we're just going off the Super Bowl championship, whether he gets one or not, um, that's definitely going to be determined on how he finishes his career. But, I mean, right now they're fairly equal. However, nothing against Matt Stafford. You can almost say that the Rams helped Stafford win that Super Bowl more than Stafford helped the Rams. I think if you gave Matt Ryan this Ram, he could have won this Super Bowl as well. So it will be a huge factor on how they finish their careers. And, I mean, as of right now, as of today, I think Stafford has a better finishing his career strong than Matt Ryan does just right now.
2: I mean, Randy, the, the thing about Matthew Stafford that I think that, that bothers me is, is the fact that people say, "Well, he played for the Lions." Well, so did Barry Sanders, so did so did Calvin Johnson, and these guys were first ballot Hall of Famers in spite of the fact that they played for a Lions organization that never uh, really won. The thing about it, I think what separates Matt Ryan from Matt from uh, Matt Ryan from uh, Matthew Stafford is. It's not like Atlanta was a was a usual winner. He made this team a usual suspect as winners, as well as a playoff contender team, and they didn't have to give him everybody that, like Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and Odell Beckham Jr. and and uh, you know Sony Michelle. You you talked about the roster. If Matty Ice never leaves Detroit, is he a Hall of Famer? Even with all the numbers he have, and if you take if you think about Matt Ryan, did he did he solidify himself as a Hall of Famer for what he did for his organization, the same one that drafted him?
5: See, I honestly couldn't agree with you more because, I mean, you mentioned Megatron being on the lines with him, and honestly, he's only 32 on the all-time receiving yards leader. He's not even top 15, which, I mean, not that that's not impressive because he's still on the list, but um, it's not like Matt Ryan has had this amazing team with him for his entire career. He did have Gonzalez for five seasons, he, um, you know, had Julio Jones as well, but I mean, let's talk O-line, shall we, for a little bit? He's usually scrambling around the field, getting sacked and all that. So I think if you look just at the two guys as players, as quarterbacks, I think Matt Ryan has done more of what he needs to be doing in order to solidify him as a Hall of Fame candidate than Matthew Stafford. I mean, you, can't, you can talk about their teams, but if we're looking at just as them, he's done what he needs to do in order to become a Hall of Fame candidate.
1: You mentioned uh, Randy a moment ago that maybe Matt Stafford had a better chance to finish out his career uh, on a high note or with or with more production. What's what what's next for Matt Ryan? I mean, how many how many years do you think he has left? And could there be a scenario where maybe Atlanta drafts a quarterback, drafts his replacement, and Matt Ryan goes to I know he's done it all for Atlanta, goes to another organization and has some success there.
5: I mean, really anything is possible, and I think Matt Stafford has uh, set that bar, especially this year. You know, Tom Brady, I don't want to compare them to Tom Brady, arguably the the GOAT of the NFL, but Tom Brady left for Tampa Bay and won the Super Bowl the same year, his first year there. Matt Stafford moves to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl his first year. So I think anything is is possible, and I think that maybe um, you know if they if the Falcons do draft Ryan's Ryan's replacement and he ends up somewhere else, I totally do not think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to end up through the playoffs in the Super Bowl and possibly getting that ring for himself.
2: All right, Randy man, I mean the uh, the Hall of the NFL Hall of Fame committee calls you and says, "Listen, you get a you get a vote." Matt, I, Matty Ice' career is done. You know, Matthew Stafford's career is done. They got to go with what they have now. You only get to pick one or the other. Is it Stafford or Ryan? If we're going off of
5: today and everything that we've talked about today, I'm going with Matt
0: Ryan. Randy Taylor, SI.com, our guest here on 3 Out. Randy, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You can see her piece there at SI.com talking about Matt Stafford versus uh, Matt Ryan and those Hall of Fame uh, credentials that everybody's brought up Richard Sherman bringing that up uh there as well and uh, certainly both of those gentlemen have more career to go uh before their their story is done being written well well great points from Randy when you think about
1: uh the storylines that are that are around uh Matt Stafford uh, uh Matt Ryan potentially getting into the Hall of Fame and I, and Kevin I've never really thought about this but you're also right when when kind of comparing football candidacy uh for the Hall of Fame to baseball where baseball it's okay get to get to you know, 3,000 hits, obviously, yeah. is the... But, 500 homers. Right, yeah, yeah. get to 500 home runs. Well, in football, I don't know that you have that. I mean, and we were talking about some of the stats earlier, but is its it 50,000 passing yards? Is it, 50, Mm-mm. Yards? Mm-mm. Is it se- No, Mm-mm. that stuff really doesn't matter. It's interesting. So the fact that you don't have a specific set of statistical milestones leaves it up for a little more kind of, I, I don't know, subjectivity and, and kind of debate and discussion when you think about who is, who isn't. I do think for as much as everybody's talking about uh, uh, Matt Stafford right now, you know, to Richard Sherman's point, Matt Ryan, I, you know, I, Phillip Rivers. We've talked about guys, but
2: I think. I think Philip Rivers right below uh, Ben Roethlisberger all times. But, but, but I think
1: Matt Ryan is on pace with a couple of more years to finish in the top six or seven mm-hmm. in the history of the league
2: in, in passing yards. BJ, your favorite team. Jacksonville. We would always say, "Hey, man, you think Tony Basella's Hall of Fame?" What just a man? He was all pro. You giving me the things that solidified him. He was the best, not just for the for the you know, not just for the Jags, but in the league, and it and it showed because he was an all pro. We always talking about, and I said, "Do you think because Tony Basella got in, that paved the way for Fred Taylor, who's arguably the best player to ever come out of there?" Did Matthew Stafford elevate the, the Detroit Lions? No. Was Matthew Stafford an incredible player? No. Barry Sanders went to Pro Bowl. I mean, he went to Pro Bowls. He didn't make a Super Bowl because obviously he didn't have a team around him. Calvin Johnson was a Pro Bowler. When, when, when Antonio Brown came over to uh, Tampa Bay, he was already a Pro Bowler. I mean, uh, he was already a Hall of Famer. He just won the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl to his resume. not a Hall of Fame resume, he wanted to add one to his resume. Because like I said, what Matt Ryan did, he had one, he had to play in the shadow of Michael Vick. That's hard to do. He had to elevate the status quo of a team. Let's face it, outside of Deion, ain't got much of a tradition, right? He did both to the point where now when they don't make the playoffs, we like, well, dude, because we got used to them going to the playoffs. He also gave you a regular season MVP with Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers and Ben Rozenberger and Matthew Stafford. So all I'm saying is if Matthew Stafford's best, is he a 1st team all-pro? The answer is no. And he passed 5,000 yards. At Matty Ice's best? He's the, he's the best. He's considered the best player in the league because he got the MVP. I'm just saying, 28-3 ain't because of Matty Ice. <laughs> That'll be because of Dan Quinn. We, 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 you know, that, that's another story for another day. Now, we've got more to come here on 3 and Out uh, all across the Southern Pigskin
0: Radio Network. Heather Dennis, 10 games that will shape the college football playoff. Wonder if it'll be a Sunbelt game for Marshall, or will it be a Conference USA game <laughs> for Marshall, Southern a Miss, and Old Dominion. Now, we'll, we'll get to that. When we come back, it's 3 and out on the Southern picks Again Radio Network. Good to have you here on this Tuesday, Kevin B.J. and Ben. We'll hear from George Atkinson coming up in just a little bit. Uh, former Oakland Raider, won what, Super Bowl eleven? I see you came with the, the Roman
2: numerals. Thir-
0: yeah, I was struggling earlier today on the show trying to read those uh, Roman numerals. But uh, 30 picks in his career against Super Bowl champion. We'll get his thoughts on the game that just took place there over the weekend as well. So, uh, a lot to get you there, but Heather Dench, we talked about big games coming up. Ten games that will shape the college football playoff coming up next season. And there's always going to be a lot of them uh, out there. One of them on the list, number three, Georgia and Oregon. Right off the bat, in the ATL, mm. Dan Lanning mm. out of the Georgia program. Mm. Coming back to coach against the Georgia <laughs> program. That could get interesting in yeah, week number one. That. Uh, that- no, I'm saying, I, I do believe Georgia's a better team, but I think... Does that at least level the playing field? Week one, Oregon's not going to be the same team you saw this last year on nope. tape. And Georgia's losing a lot of guys to the NFL, so they have a lot of talent. But it's game one. I mean, if you would have looked at game one of the season, you would have thought Clemson would have been oh my maybe a little better, than they, even though they lost. That right? yep. was close. They struggled a little bit on offensively. DJU is going to get better. And did he get a lot better? No, nope,
2: so he did, did not.
0: Game one could be interesting. I think it's a chance for Georgia to make a statement. And and
1: and you may say, well, why does a national champion need to make a statement? Well, first and foremost, I think the 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 measure, the metric for Georgia is is more. You know, Kirby Smart, this is a program that's modeled after Alabama. They want to win multiple national championships. They want to be the the, the, the national program that everybody else is trying to match and, and catch up with. But I I, I also think It's easy to look at Georgia and reflect on the 2021 season, and then look to 2022 and go, "Look at all the guys on defense they lost." I mean, somehow people are talking about a quarterback competition, which I don't, I don't, I I don't get at all. Uh, You you know, Jermaine Burton's gone. The defensive line. This this team is still loaded with talent. This team recruits like very few other programs, maybe Alabama, Texas A&M, and that's it. Great coaches. Uh, depth returning. The offensive line is going to be really good. Again, Stetson Bennett finished in the top five in the country in passer rating last year. I don't, I, I don't know how to kind of emphasize that enough. For some people who may say, well, you still might have a question at quarterback. No, you don't. You're one of the few teams in the history of college football returning a championship-winning quarterback who finished in the top five in passer rating. You are, You are in a great position at quarterback. There's talent all over the field, and I think a lot of people are going to look at that game and say, this is, you know, Kevin, you know, with the storylines, could Georgia be in a tough spot early? I think Georgia views this as a chance to make a statement, further affirm themselves as maybe the national favorite at the very worst, one of the two or three national favorites. I think that's a heck of an opener for, for for Dan Lanning.
2: Dan Lanning will get the hell but out of him the same way Sam Pippen did when he went to Arkansas. I'm just saying I, I think it's going to be much to do about nothing because this is the thing about Georgia. It's not going to matter what happened the first two quarters. you got to beat them for four. Them halftime adjustments are going to be rough. Now, Dan Lanning understands how the defense works, but he don't have that defensive talent anymore. Just so because I know what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, you have to stop them at doing it. You're gonna to have to find a way to stop Brock Bowers. They're probably gonna go more to the run game this year, Kevin and BJ, because it makes the offense, you know, a more balanced. But uh, you know, last time I checked, they got a bunch of guys coming back that was on that 2021 defense, too. They they got some guys coming back. So I I mean, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, and I think Nolan Smith is gonna be a headliner this year. I, yeah, think, I think it's gonna be a preseason All american yeah, yeah, so I I think sometimes, you know, we get into this notion of, hey man, I don't think Georgia that good. But you know who say that? People that don't have to play them. So Dan Lana was like, "Yeah, man, I'm going to Oregon," and I guarantee you, Dan Lana forgot <laughs> who Oregon had first game of the year. Like, yeah, we get ready for. Oh, we got Joe. That's right. You we got you got Joe in, in the dome, Atlanta. In, in Atlanta. Atlanta, right? And people are gonna say, hey, it's, "Listen, it's gonna it's gonna be raining red and black up in there." But I, I will say this though, Kevin, just what Georgia's really doing. Georgia leaves no doubt. We're in the SEC, SEC East, right? Got Auburn as a crossover every year. So what's going to happen? Oregon's definitely going to be competing in the Pac-12 unless they meet Utah. Then you know how that gets. But you got a national brand that comes with a lot of cuz that's what they do. They won't just say Oregon. No, this is the same Oregon team that beat Ohio State. They're going to keep on saying that. They kind of give validity to that, you know, uh, you know, to that Oregon squad. I think Oregon's going to be good in the Pac-12. Do not judge Oregon on the first game. They're going to come out they're going to be easy to find. They're going to have them big gigantic John Deere looking uniforms on and they're going to get the brakes beat off of them. I just think that Remember a couple of years ago, everybody was trying to play everybody. Oh, it's going to be Clemson versus Arizona State, Florida versus USC. And I'm like, why are they doing that? Because I think what they do is if you do lose the game, you just need a team you lost to to keep, to, to keep playing well. Now, Georgia, that's probably going to be a loss if you play them. But I just think that, you know, bowl games are lackluster. Let's, let's face it, it's a bunch of them. Even though, and for those of you who don't know, we added one for 2022. Do you know what it is, Kevin Thomas Bowl <laughs> coming to Las Vegas? But uh, but I think too, that's what it really is, Kevin. That's what it really is. BJ. you want to make your resume look undeniable. I'm not saying that Georgia needs it, but they want to say, hey man, who y'all playing in non-conference? Georgia, Clemson. So, hey, I mean, we'll see, but I think while well, Oregon will definitely have offensive firepower, is that gonna mean anything if that quarterback is on his back? If he can't throw to it to his open receivers. So we'll see. I think it's gonna be much to do about nothing because the thing about Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart was fighting to win in that. And now that he's winning at it, he don't want to fall off. You know what I'm saying? He don't want to gene chizik himself, right? You know, you don't, you don't want that stuff. Hey man, what happened? Lost to every t- dude. They lost to like every team. I don't see that happen to no Georgia. You know, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But I do think sometimes when you talk about what team to pick, no, uh, you know, no Kavon Thibodeau. I don't think Marcus Mariota, uh, brother, coming through there anytime soon. Right, uh, you know, B.J. and Kevin. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some nice uniforms. They're going to break out something nice, and they're going to get the hell beat out of them when they kick the ball because that's what George does. What Something you said, Kevin, the 23-20 win in the Super Bowl was not indicative of actually what happened in the game. It looked closer than what it was until you watched the game. It might end up being 27-10, to but it was over – a long time ago, so we'll see what happens. But I think it's yeah. gonna be same old, same old. Georgia gonna take twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two. Some of the other games
0: of note out there are the uh, Texas A and M at Alabama and the best rosters money can get. Bull right after the recruiting classes, and I know Jimbo said it doesn't matter, but you know it's just just recruiting classes happen. But that is one that obviously Texas A and M won a season to go, didn't get to the SEC championship game, but I mean for Jimbo Fisher, you got to win it again, right? Because What's the next step? You beat Alabama. You still haven't been to an SEC championship game, which is what you're going to have to do if you want to get to the national playoff at, at this point. I think that's what's disappointing is you have to maximize when you have wins like that,
1: their meaning and their impact. And you you beat Alabama and didn't win the division. So I think you look back. Are you going to beat Alabama two years in a row? Are you going to beat an Alabama team that a lot of pundits are saying this could be Nick Saban's most talented squad in terms of returning experience? Are you going to do that in Tuscaloosa? I, I don't think that, so.
2: I, that's a lot to ask. <sighs> look, <laughs> I, I got to say this again. When it comes to, come to Alabama, look, when y'all need to stop, – stop, stop letting this table – hey, man, I think your team is ready to come play us. Yeah, Coach, we no, – no, no. Leave Please them alone. Listen, I want the rest <laughs> of my season. Like, once again, was it three years ago now, BJ? Oh, 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 Vanderbilt. You know, when they had old Derrick, man, they undefeated. I think they just beat Kansas State and had a quarterback, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, couldn't yeah. hit nothing. They, and they, we won't Bama. Bama came to Vanderbilt, yeah. and I think they beat them like 70-something to zero. You don't want Bama and, in anything, maybe tex- in basketball, not in football. And Texas A&M
0: on this list a couple of times there. And at number eight, according to Heather Dittich, games that will shape the college football playoff Miami at Texas A&M. So that means for like the 10th year in a row, Miami is back. Uh, ready to meet expectations. Oh, uh, Come on now, you got Coach Coach Cristobal. You, you go got how many you times? Got Tyler Van Dyke oh, a back years as ago. Hey, we're back. We got Florida game number one right out the gate. We're going to show everybody national championship. Took that L. They know what they took. Sorry. Oh, that was one example, but I mean you've had other examples where Miami's back and just have not no, 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 done. No no, we, we, no, 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 no.
2: BJ, no, 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 no. Because we, cause we can do it. Listen, listen. We, we, well, we, we, we root for if you want to call them two of the big three, even though UCF wants to be the big four. I'm sorry, that's not happening, but. Uh what, may, what 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 would quantify as Miami being back at this point? I think I think consistently being one of
1: the favorites in the ACC because when you say back to your point what Miami has I'm had, just saying that's a
0: joke because right. everybody sees But what the I'm saying is games, when like, people say Miami's years.
1: back I'm not saying Miami's back to the early 2000s or back to the 80s. That's not realistic. Those are those are college football dynasties. I'm not saying you're back to what you were when you were the best program in the land. I'm saying you're back to national relevancy. That's oh, what I'm God. saying. That's what I'm saying.
2: What's the what's the what's the quarterback that played for Texas? What's his name? He just went he just went pro last year. What was his name? The one that went, We're back, we're back. Oh, Sam Ellinger? Yeah. Like, they like Sam Ellinger. We're back. Like to the fan, base. Goes, oh, I think Miami But if you are you're you gotta win one of these games you at some do, point. You hey, hey, I know, this is what I think of Miami is back. Is Miami gonna ever enter, gonna play uh in Charlotte? They, they ever going to play in the ACC championship game? They, they went once,
1: yeah. yeah Should have gone twice, but had the well, – so so Miami, <laughs> since
2: they've been to ACC, have been to Charlotte one time. And I'm not talking about the, va- the vacation. Playing the
1: Bank of America. State. Got, a, got, a, got a very talented roster, very impressive coaching staff. Just keep an eye on the her. Got to win that's one. I'm See, she
0: hasn't done one of their top games. And then uh, kind of interesting, uh, as much as everybody is talking about the ACC, she had number 5 NC State and Clemson, which could uh, potentially decide the Atlantic Division. Dave Doran – Obviously excited.
1: On a serious note, NC State's no. going to be really good. In, uh, don't. Don't. NC State's going to be really good. Uh, a lot of talent. Devin Leary back at quarterback. <laughs> Jakeen Harris, uh, uh, local local star, obviously. No, no, uh, no. The See, be- that's what? What we got
2: to do. No, no, no. We got to have something to wear. Every time we mention NC State, like, we got to cue something. Because because somebody goes to NC State and Kevin's like, is I mean, what? 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 I I'm didn't not saying that. People, <laughs> people were tweeting at him the other day about this. They were. No, 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 no. I will say this. I will say this. We had AC Media Days a couple of years ago and somebody get a picture of David doing a out and somebody goes, That's him right there. And he looks at Kevin like That's him, that's him. Like but in a sense, look, people only <laughs> get mad at the truth. There are certain people, they are true. To who they are, like this is who they are. Dave Dorn, he's not gonna listen. They, he's on a word count. Like if pitchers have a pitch count. Yeah. Listen, man, I got about you know what? He doesn't care are. about how
1: many words he gives Kevin Thomas. He, he cares doesn't. about the dubs. He doesn't, no, 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 I want to be there. We got to have
2: a camera crew. Kevin's at the press conference. Coach Dorn. and everybody just barked. What? Listen, give us, give us that spirit you give the team. They're gonna right be before, good. Right they're out. gonna be no, good. They, right will,
0: they will be good. I actually talked to Dave earlier this week. And I got it down. (laughs) he he was talking I said, Hey man, tell me about clips and can't play it. This is what he had to say. Amazing. (laughs) Sweet up. All across the Southern Pigskin. Radio.